and just that, and then all the technical difficulties. And so I don't know if you know this or not, but I need the worship time for me to get up here. Like it, it is one of those times where I get here and I just, uh, much to the dismay of the people who sit near me, um, like the, these two this morning, I sing really loud. Um, in fact, at the New Heights worship Christmas party the other night, um, the conversation that some people were having with my wife was, we only ever hear your husband. The people that's Jordan and Brent over here, all they ever hear is me. And I was like, well, I'm on key, so get over it, you know, uh, and kind of fish on key. But uh, I just love to enter into this time of praise. I, just, I, I love to do it. I love to lose myself in, in this type of celebration. But, you know, sometimes it's hard. Because I am, I'm like a puppy, right? I, I come out and I, and I get really intensely involved in something and then a leaf blows. And I'm like, ooh, look at that, squirrel, you know, type deal. And I, my mind is just everywhere. And so for me to like sit and concentrate in this it is really hard, especially when, when things go on like mics stop working and, and I start getting in my head about, about that and, and how that appears. Not that it even matters, like I should care but I just start spinning around in all of that stuff. And it's hard for me sometimes to stay into that mode of praise and worship. It's hard for me sometimes to stay in this mode of rejoicing. One of the scriptures for today in this third Sunday of Advent comes from Paul's first letter to the people of Thessalonica. And this is the, the first book of the Old Testament. It's the oldest book of the Old Testament. Paul wrote this letter to the Thessalonians before the Gospels were written down. It was written about A.D. 50, and so it comes before the rest of this stuff. The rest, by far, of his writings, his, the Romans and, and the, the letters to the Corinthians and, and all the different things that Paul is either written or attributed to Paul. Um, this is it. This is first. And you see in this letter something different than you see in his other Letters, Because if you go through and you read the other stuff, Paul is kind of this kind of this angry little elf type thing. Right. I mean, he's always hammering these people. He's writing to the people like, stop doing this. Stop squatting. I mean, that's he's like the dad who comes in when the kids are misbehaving. And all he does is you see dad coming and he's going to put the hammer down. Stop acting like this. I don't care what that guy said. This is what it is. Stop doing this. When you worship, stop doing it like this, do like this. And he's just time and time again. But this letter is different. This letter is this, this pastoral just letter of encouragement. It's this letter of, um, of hope and joy. And towards the end of it, one of Paul's more famous sayings comes into play. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Now, that's a great thought. Rejoice always. Okay, that's great. Everything's wonderful. I'm going to walk around like it's a marshmallow world that we live in. Right? Nobody? Did anyone start singing that song when I said it? Really? It's a marshmallow world that we live in. Nobody? No Dean Martin fans? Come on. People kill me. Some of you are old enough to know this. Um, and so we walk around in this, like this, this world, you can't really do that. Rejoice always. I mean, what's he thinking of? That's, I mean, that's kind of big for him to say, 
Especially if you think about what the people of Thessalonica are going through, right? They live in this oppressive town. They live in Thessalonica, and Thessalonica is on the north part of the Aegean Sea. It's a big kind of port there. It's right along the the main highway for this area. So the entire world is coming through their town. This trade route is huge, and the entire world comes through there. It's a powerful town. It's a port town. It's a very important economic town. Because of this, Rome has a big presence there. Because of the importance of this town, there are multiple troops. The oppressiveness of Rome is felt harder here than it would be in some of the outer villages. So the people who are there, the Christians, the Jews who are there, if you weren't a slave, you weren't really free either. Life there was difficult. And yet here Paul says to them, rejoice always. Rejoice always. One of the other scriptures for today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, and it says this. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring, filled with young plants springing up everywhere. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this scripture, you have something. Okay, rejoice always. We're talking about a wedding. I'm in, right? Because weddings are fun. Anybody ever been to a wedding in here? Anybody ever had a good time at a wedding? Maybe not your own, but someone else's. Um, yeah, so, so weddings are um, a time for celebration. It's a joyful time. I don't know how many weddings I've done. There are people in this room that I've married. Um, it's somewhere between 10 and 500. I'm not really sure the exact number. Somewhere in there. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have a pretty good average still so far. Um, I like to tell all my couples that. I, I have Hall of Fame numbers right now. Don't mess it up for me. Because, um, you know, their marriage is really about me. But um, so I've done all these weddings and I've done them multiple places. I've sanctuary, uh, the garden chapel. I've done some in the prayer. Cha- in fact, I did one last week in the prayer chapel, um, that l- little bitty beautiful place. I- I've gone to people's homes. I've done weddings in people's homes. I have um, gone to people's ranches, done weddings out there. I've done weddings on beaches. I've done weddings in the mountains. I've even gone to Nebraska to do a wedding. Talk about the destination wedding you don't want to get invited to, right? Sorry if you're from Nebraska, but you understand what I'm saying. It's like flat, and there was nothing. It was like they, they're like, we have the straightest street, the longest straightest street in the world. Wow. <laughs> That's, way to go, Lincoln. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I've been all, all over these places and doing these weddings. In fact, last week, and um, one of the ladies who was involved in the wedding, wasn't the bride, she asked me, she goes, well, do you remember all of the weddings that you've done? And I'm like, no. I mean, I'll remember this one, of course, but uh, no, I don't remember. And I will because the groom saying you are my sunshine to the bride at the end of it with Daryl playing the guitar. And it was awkward. Um, so, but beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful sentiment. It, it totally was so wonderful and beautiful. And she just ate it up, which is great. So that's all that really matters. The rest of us don't care. Um, so, you know, I've done all these different weddings and, and the ones that stand out, of course, are the ones where something's gone wrong, 
right? I mean, I, I, I've yet to have somebody pass out on me. Um, I'm waiting for that one. That one's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that day. Um, but I haven't had that happen. But I have had many other things happen. Um, it just, just really great things. There was a time when um, the groom's mother didn't show for the wedding. And, and it's like, well, is she not in favor of this? What's ha- you know, and it was like awkward, like talk amongst the people who were there to witness this. And it turns out that she was delayed and she was doing everything she could to get there. But it just went longer and longer and longer. And no one was. And so I had to go stand from the congregation 30 minutes after go time and go, I know what you're all thinking, um, but we're still going to have a wedding here. You know, just. Enjoy the pews um, that you're sitting in. Get comfortable on chairs you can't. Um, so, and it was just really kind of weird and awkward. And then I, I was on a beach one time doing a wedding, and a dog just walked right through. Just, just walks right through the ceremony. It was greatness. It's like there's, there's there's a dog. It was a perro. We were in Mexico, so it was really a perro walking through. Um, and uh, he was just curious about the gringos on the beach. But um, and so, and then there was the, the winner of the mall was this one I did many years ago at Don Strange Ranch. And, and I've done actually a few out at Don Strange, and it's a great venue, a beautiful place. Um, and, and it's a ranch that they've turned into this um, place to have weddings. And, um, and, and so the day that the wedding was to happen, it hadn't rained in a while in South Texas as we go through these different, you know, spouts of no rain. It decided to rain um, a lot. And it was just like, just rain was coming down. So there, you, you know, you don't really want rain on a wedding day, but when it's at a ranch outside, you really don't want rain on a wedding day. So they're busting people in. They're all freaking out. The wedding party's freaking out. It's all under this covered area, this huge covered area. There was a, this little place where they were doing the ceremony, and then these barn doors would open and reveal the reception, which was just beautiful um, and, and amazing. And um, so when people get there, there's, uh, it's muddy, like really muddy because it's dirt roads. It's a ranch. They're busting people in from San Antonio um, and that people get off and, you know, the ladies are sinking in their high heels and stuff. And so it's just like this complete mess. So in order to get around that, what they decided to do was to hand people margaritas as they're exiting the bus. Now, under many circumstances, there's nothing wrong with receiving a margarita when you exit a bus, especially at a party. But when you haven't had the ceremony yet, it can cause issues. Issue number one, people, when they have a lot of margaritas, don't realize that their volume level changes. And so when they think they're whispering, doesn't she look pretty? They're not actually whispering. They're talking much louder. And so the volume goes up a little bit. Then when people have had multiple margaritas and they decide that they're finished with the glass that they have in their hands, they just set it down onto the concrete. As it rolls down and hits people's feet. So there's these glasses just dropping left and right everywhere. I mean, it's just, I mean, to the point of, you know, comedy. I I am trying to hold it together. Before the the wedding ceremony, before everybody comes out, I I go to where they're holding the groomsmen. And they're holding all of the groomsmen in an area where they were also storing all of the cold beer. Brilliant, right? This is just such a great idea. I don't know who planned this, but it's just pure brilliance. And um, the groomsmen realized that they were in a room by themselves with cold beer and started drinking said cold beer. I would come in from time to time thinking that I had some sort of authority because I was wearing a gigantic robe 
And I would walk in and go, hey, seriously, guys, she is going to want you to be standing up straight for the wedding. Put them down. Oh, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. They put them down. I walk back in a little bit later and they're like, oh, I'm holding this for a friend. You know, this isn't mine um, type stuff. And they were just like, just feeling good. Okay. Um, so the, the wedding happens. We, we all come out. Uh, I get, uh, to the point where, um, I, I'm doing the, the sermon and the talk. And it was at this point that, um, one of the local residents of the ranch, a donkey decided that he needed to make his presence known. And so it was just, and just over and over and over again. And it was as if he were standing directly behind me. It was so loud. And it's like you have to acknowledge it because everyone hears it. People are looking for this donkey. And is he in pain or something else? And what is happening? So, I mean, people are looking around, giggling. And so I'm like, you know, in Lithuania, it is said that if a donkey brays at your wedding, you will have many years of happiness. Um, you know, just something. And, um, and so then we get to the part with the rings. And I look to the best man, and he just goes blank. <laughs> do, you, do you have the ri- rings? <laughs> I think they're back with the beer. Um, so I, I slyly take my ring off. And I give it, and he puts my, my ring on her finger, and um, and it was, uh, the, and actually it was my, this is my second wedding ring, and the first one I lost in the Devil's River, which is very appropriate in a different story. Um, but it was, so this ring got to be blessed, and I was very, I was like, oh, sweet, I'll used to get to bless my ring. Um, but then, you know, later the bride was like, would you bless my ring, please, because I really need, when they found the ring, and I'm like, there you go, and we're good, just go on, please let me leave now. Um, but so it, it got, does that. And then it, there's a point in, in the wedding where, um, they were going to release butterflies. Um, cause you know, that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to do at a wedding, right? It's just to open up these boxes that are down the aisle and to let these butterflies float off into the ranch. Um, so they, open up, they opened up the boxes and they just do this and the butterflies go, <laughs> All dead, every one of them. They had uh, they they, like, they got these butterflies shipped in, and, and they were like frozen in cryostasis or something. They didn't ever thaw them, so they were like. I mean, there's this this one guy got down with this program, started fanning them to try and get them to come up and to go. And it, I mean, it is just hysterical, you know. I mean, it's so funny. It's like this is such. A, I mean, if I were the bride and groom, I'd be like, we need to stop right now. It, Dude, let's no. Um, so, so the, the wedding's over. They're married. They're they're very happy, and they come into the reception. And the reception hall looks just beautiful. It, it just really looks pretty. And um, there aren't many times that I stay for a reception. In fact, g- generally I leave as quickly as I can because unless I really know the couple, um, one I I don't really w- want to be there with you um, people. And um, no offense, it's me, not you. Um, but two, you don't want me there either, really. You know, you don't want the pastor walking around on, oh, oh, hi, reverend. Um, I'm holding this drink for someone else type thing. And so th- there's, there's all that. So I usually leave. So I left, but I heard the rest of the story. And the rest of the story is at some point when the band goes, bang, just things blow. Lights go out. The band's dead. I mean, it, it's, it's raining again. Um, you know, it, it's just 
horrific. And it's dark for a long time. They have to drive into town to get a new generator to bring it back to ready to get things going again. Then the time comes for the wedding cake. And this, as any reception person knows, is really the best part of the evening, um, especially if it's like a Kathy Young cake. That's right. I know my cake people. And um, so she, you, you go to cut the cake. Much like the butterflies, it too was frozen. And they were not able to cut into it. That's a wedding you remember, right? In fact, I, I told this story at the first service, and I'm walking out, and people are like, I was there. <laughs> In fact, somebody, I forgot, I'd forgotten, I don't know why, but I'd forgotten about the butterflies, which was the best part in my mind, and I, and I just totally forgot that, and they reminded me. But, you know, at a time like that, and there was a time when, um, when the bride, by the way, they are still married and have children and, and are doing just fabulously, um, keeping my average up, but the, the bride was in, in the bathroom just bawling, right? Because, duh, I mean, wouldn't you just be, everything's going wrong, just, um, but really, in essence, I know that as she looks back on it, she rejoices, because it was such an awesome wedding. People don't talk about other weddings, they talk about that wedding, right? You're going to tell stories about this wedding, and you weren't even there, but it's a time to rejoice, because God is doing something amazing. Because God is bringing a man and a woman together and making them one. It doesn't matter all that went wrong. Because something amazing was going right. When Isaiah is talking to these people and he's setting up this wedding scene, they are standing in stuff that is just going wrong all around them. Their homes are in ruins. Things have just been dark for so long. And Isaiah is saying, but God is going to come through. So in the midst of this moment, rejoice. It's a wedding in a state of chaos. Beauty. Where there doesn't seem to be any. When Paul says to the people of Thessalonica, rejoice always, he's not saying that things are always going to go right. He's not saying that you won't have a moment where sadness enters into your life. Where there is suffering, there is sadness. Where there is injustice, there is anger. Those things will happen. But what Paul is saying is at the very core of who you are, you know that because of this advent, the time when Jesus came, And because of the hope and the promise of the second advent, that there will be a time when restoration is brought to all things. So rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the midst of pain. Rejoice in the midst of darkness. Rejoice when things go wrong because one day they will go right. Rejoice always, Paul says. No matter what the doctor may say, no matter what happens at your job, no matter what addiction is holding you down, find strength in the promise of the advent to come. Find strength in the promise that Jesus will come again. And redemption 
and restoration is coming with him. And because of that, rejoice. I say it again. Rejoice. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that came along with your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, with his birth, his death, his resurrection. We thank you, Father, that there is a promise that he will come again.